0: something into something more than it is to turn nothing into something all right if you can just start applying that it can create a lot more results in your life a lot more easily work on your game And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. The reason most people don't reach their goals in life is not because they never ask themselves what they want. Most of you do that. It's not because they're not willing to do the work. Most of you do a whole lot of that. It's because they never ask themselves the third key question, which is, who do I need to be? I wrote a book called the mirror of motivation that is all about asking and answering that question of and for yourself that's why it's called the mirror of motivation in that book you're going to learn who you need to be as a person so that you can go get into that right energy then do what you need to do and then you'll be able to reach your goals and have what you want to have and that sounds like the missing link in your process and let me give you a hint it is the missing link in your process i'll give you a free copy of the mirror of motivation all you have to do is cover the shipping. And just go to mirrorofmotivation.com. Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. I will give you a free copy of that book so you can ask yourself the key question that you have never asked yourself, that most people never ask themselves, that will make all the difference in your success. Mirrorofmotivation.com. You're now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unified philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is how to have more impact with less effort. Is this possible? Yes, it is. I'm going to tell you how and exactly how to get started in a moment. But before we do that, let me remind everybody I send out a text message every single day, guaranteed to have you focus, sharp and on point. Also send one out every week that does the same thing. I call these the daily motivation, the weekly one. I call the weekly the Monday motivation. And you can get both of those text messages simply by being a member of my texting community. All you got to do is text me at my number right now, which is 305-384-6894. And when those messages go out, you will have the option of receiving either or both. All you got to do is text me. Again, it's free to join my texting community. The number is down below in the description. Secondly, work on your game university. That is the place where I do any and all coaching that I do happens in work on your game university. If you like to work with me directly, you like to be part of any of my mastermind programs, you like to have me as someone who you could talk to on a regular basis about where you're at, what you're doing, and how you could possibly alter, edit, delete, change, or otherwise make adjustments to what you're doing in your execution. Go to WorkOnYourGameUniversity.com. That's the only place you can get coached by me. It's the only place I do any coaching. Again, the link is down below in the description. With that out of the way, let's get into the topic. How to have more impact with less effort. Definition of impact is to come into forcible contact with another object. Now, how is it possible then, scientifically, that you can make more forcible contact with less effort? Now, That seems very counterintuitive. Seems to not even make sense does seem counterintuitive. It does seem to not make sense. And as a matter of fact, it is counterintuitive, but it does make sense. And this is why I'm talking about it. And I'm going to tell you exactly how to do this here today. So let's get into it. Point number one topic, once again, how to have more impact with less effort. Number one, stop trying to force things that are not cooperating with you. In other words, you got to stop gritting and grinding your way through things that simply don't want to be involved with you. Stop trying to be friends with people who don't want to be friends with you. Stop trying to make it work in places that don't want it to work for or with you. Stop trying to force things that aren't cooperating. Just don't force it. When I played basketball, there are many times in practices I would have, especially in college. Actually, this happened in the pros as well, where the team would get split up into two groups. You got five guys playing offense, five guys playing defense, and we're supposed to be working on running a particular play. The challenge with this, and it's always annoyed me when we, everywhere that I play basketball, from high school to college, to pros it always annoyed me because the same thing would always happen. And the basketball coaches who are out there, I don't know if any of you have figured out a solution to this or if there is a solution to this. I guess there is one solution, which I'll, I'll get to in a second. But whenever we would be working on a play on offense, for example, it always bothered me that Why are we going to work on this play when the defense already knows exactly what the play is? I mean, they just practiced running the play themselves. Now they're playing defense against the play. They know exactly what we're supposed to do. They know the ball is supposed to go here, and this guy is supposed to go that way, and that guy has to do that. Why would we practice with the defense knowing exactly what we're going to do? Now, any coaches who are out there or players are out there, I guess the answer is execution. Even though they know what you're going to do, you still execute. You can still be successful in running the play, which I suppose is true. Because even in the game, sometimes the opponent knows what you're going to do, but they don't always know exactly when you're going to do it or if you put any new wrinkles or twists. But when you're in practice, the players know on defense, know exactly what you're going to do because we are all on the same damn team. So what would happen in these situations is, let's say I'm on offense, my team's on offense, and you're supposed to pass the ball from point A to point B. But the defense knows the ball's supposed to go to point B. So they're jumping in front of the passes and they're stealing the ball and knocking it away. And the coach is getting annoyed. And I would always be thinking to myself, well, damn it, coach, they know exactly what we're going to do. So why are we trying to force? And the coach would get mad and say, well, don't force the pass. Well, and then if you didn't force the pass and you did something different, because I did this a few times in practice, we'd be running a play where I'm supposed to get the ball in one point in the floor, right? And I'm supposed to pass it to this guy over here on my right. But I know that the defense knows that I'm supposed to pass it there. So I would fake the pass to my right, pull the defense out of position, then I would go do something else and score. And then the coach would be like, all right, that was cool, but Dre, just run the play. We want to run the play. And I'm like, well, how are we going to run the play if they know exactly where the ball is supposed to go? They keep knocking the ball away because they know what we're supposed to do. And the coach will say, well, and then when you did it and the ball got knocked away, the coach will get mad and say, don't force it. And I'm like, well, coach, you're giving me uh, two options here. Neither one of them work. All right, but the whole point is, it's getting back to where I'm at. All right, we're on point number one. Stop trying to force things that aren't cooperating. If you want to make more impact in your life, you should probably start by focusing on the areas in which you are already making significant impact. Let me say that sentence again. You want to make more impact in life. Focus on the areas in which you are already making significant impact. In other words, where is it already working? You need to double and triple down on those areas. It's easier to get better at things that are already working than it is to take an area in which nothing's working or you're making no impact and trying to turn nothing into something. It's easier to turn something into something more than it is to turn nothing into something. All right, Everybody got that? Should I say that one again? I want to make sure everybody got it. It is easier to turn something into something more than it is to turn nothing into something. All right, if you can just start applying that, it can create a lot more results in your life a lot more easily. So this is what I mean when I say more impact with less effort. Double down, triple down, quadruple down on your strengths and the things that are actually working. So if you're not reading between the lines, what am I talking about here? I'm talking about the 20 Of the 80-20 principle. Well, I mean, either one of them could be the 80 or the 20, depending on which way you lay it out. 80-20 principle says 80% of our results come from 20% of our inputs. And 80% of our inputs are producing only 20% of our results. So the 20 here, I'm talking about the 20% of inputs that are producing 80% of your results. Need to double and triple down on the inputs, do more of fewer things, and you will get more results. Things that are producing most of the results is put more effort into those and less into the things that are not producing most of the results. This is a simple, logical, completely makes perfect sense, objective way of looking at life. Ironically, most people never follow it. And the reason people don't follow this is because our habits, we are habitually connected to doing things even when those things are not serving us. This is how addictions happen, at least the negative type of addictions like porn, gambling, alcohol, smoking. Uh, We know these things are not helping, but we can't stop. As human beings, we are wired for addiction. This is the reason why America has an obesity problem, because people know they're not supposed to be eating fucking McDonald's and ice cream and candy because there's nothing real in any of that shit. But we do it anyway, because we are habitually wired to keep doing the same things over and over again, even when we consciously know that doing those things is hurting us and getting in our way. And we are also habitually wired to avoid doing the things that we know if we did more of them, it would actually help us because we have a lot of resistance to doing things that are outside of our normal realm of behavior, also known as our habits. This blockage that keeps us from doing more of the stuff that would actually help us. In other words, more of the 20 that will produce more of the 80. This is famously coined in Stephen Pressfield's book called The War of Art. It is coined the resistance. The resistance. The resistance is When you know that you need to do thing A, B, and C, but you don't do A, B, and C, because doing A, B, and C will be a little bit more work and take a little bit more effort and a little bit more brain power than if you did D, E, and F. You're so used to doing D, E, and F, even though they're part of the 80% of your activities that produce only 20% of your results, you still do D, E, and F because it feels good to say that you did them. You could check off the box and say, I did D, E, and F today. I was productive. Whereas if you had actually spent time on A, B, and C- the 20% that produce 80% of your results, you, instead of just being productive, you would have been effective and you would have produced a lot more results with a lot less effort, but the resistance kept you from focusing on A, B, and C. Instead, you defaulted to what you're comfortable with. This is what I just described right there. It's how most people live all of their careers. Just doing the stuff that they're comfortable with and never doing the things that would make them uncomfortable and help them get better. It actually connects to what we talked about two days ago when I said why people don't get better at their jobs, so when I was specifically referring to a basketball player, I saw and I'm like, this basketball player has been in the NBA for you know, X number of years, never gotten better at this. He had this one glaring part of his game. Let's just say there's a ball player who they were good in certain facets, but they weren't good at shooting jump out. They couldn't make a three point shot. So it hurt their ability to be useful to the team. It hurt how much playing time they could get. It hurt the team in games because they couldn't make three point shots. And this player, five, six, seven years ago by it, is still in the NBA, and he never got better at shooting three-point shots. I'm like, I would always think to myself, what the hell does this dude practice in the offseason? Like, you only got to practice one thing, dude. If you just get better at this one thing, you could probably make twice the money. You'd be twice as useful. You'd be twice as many teams interested in having you on their roster. All you got to do is work on one thing, and you still ain't gotten better at it. How is that possible? I never could understand that, because as a player myself, there were areas of my game that were not so good at certain points, but I never allowed those gaps in my game to remain gaps in my game. I got better and better and better at those things because I knew what I was weak at and I knew what I needed to improve at. I got better at it. So when I first started playing, my thing was I would shoot jump shots. That's all I did, shoot jump shots. Couldn't dribble, didn't really go to the basket. And then over time, by the time I got to playing in high school, I didn't really play that much. And then when I got to college, my thing became athleticism, driving to the basket because I was just more athletic than a lot of players at the division three level. So there were players who thought, well, he's not a great shooter. It's not that I wasn't a good shooter. It's just that I wasn't focused on shooting because I could drive to the basket. So my athleticism was a thing. Then when I got to the pros, there were players who were a little bit bigger. So athleticism wasn't going to win the day so much. So I needed to develop other aspects. And I remember my first job playing overseas, I got asked to play the point guard position, which I had never played full time. And I knew I needed to work on my ball handling skills a little bit better because I can handle the ball, but my ball handling was more for like just going coast to coast, driving to the basket and scoring for myself playing the point guard position is more driving, not driving, but dribbling to not only create for yourself, but also for your teammates, because I had never had that full-time role. So I developed my ball hand a little bit better. And then because the athleticism wasn't going to last forever, I wasn't always able to jump over everybody. I needed to develop the outside shot. So I developed more of the outside shot, came back to where I started. The whole point is I never had any hole in my game of a thing that I could not do because I could see if something was being used against me or it wasn't working for me, I said, all right, let me work on that. I worked on it and I got better at it. So I can never understand how somebody couldn't get better at a certain aspect of their game. But the reason people don't do it is because of their habits. They're so habitually connected to doing what feels good, but they don't want to do the things that don't feel good that would actually help them improve and move themselves and their situation forward. And again, this is what causes the downfall of many people's careers. And I've seen players who end up out of a sport simply because they never got better at certain holes in their game. They never improved. And that was it. It was over. See, the biggest challenge for many of us is that we are emotionally attached to our own ideas and habits. This is also known as the endowment fallacy. Anything that's yours, you tend to get very attached to it just because it's yours, whether that be an idea, an action, a product, a service, et cetera. So separating yourself from this endowment fallacy is how Apple went from having a long line of products that confused their customers. As there was a point Apple had a whole bunch of different computers. They had so many different computers, it was hard to tell which computer am I supposed to buy because they were all Different in small ways, but there were so many of them, it was confusing to customers. So what Steve Jobs did was cut the product line down, and now Apple is a billion-dollar company that is basically focused on four items. Next time you go in an Apple store, I want you to look at the tables and notice the four items that they sell in the Apple store. I'll tell you what they are. Next time you walk in the Apple store, you'll see they got a computer, and they technically got two types of computers. They got a desktop, and they have a laptop. They got a computer is one, a phone is two, a tablet is three. a watch is four. Apple is a billion dollar company with four products because they are so focused on the 20 that produces the 80 for Apple it's more like the one that produces the 99 but anyway attention all health enthusiasts let me tell you how to stay hydrated and healthy when you drink water are you tired of constantly worrying about the quality of the water you consume we all know how important it is to stay hydrated and quench our thirst with clean refreshing water but We're risking our health with every gulp by drinking contaminated tap water. So, introducing AquaTrue, the ultimate solution to your hydration woes. Unlike ordinary water filters that leave traces of impurities behind, AquaTrue guarantees your peace of mind. With its advanced four-stage reverse osmosis technology, this revolutionary water filter is designed to remove up to 99% of harmful contaminants, such as lead, chlorine, pesticides and even pharmaceuticals believe that before you dismiss aqua true too good to be true let's address one thing some users have noticed that the filter replacement process can be a bit time consuming however this minor inconvenience is more than outweighed by the top-notch performance and unmatched purity that aqua true produces now why does aqua true stand out from the crowd while other water filters struggle to effectively eliminate impurities aqua true does it in literally seconds i got him, i know I have it right here in my office it's powerful filtration system ensures that you and your loved ones can enjoy crystal clear water that not only tastes great but also promotes optimal health but wait there's more AquaTrue separates itself from the competition with its sleek and compact design it actually looks great on your kitchen countertop no more bulky water filter pitchers taking up precious refrigerator space AquaTrue fits seamlessly on your countertop providing you with an unlimited supply of pure refreshing water literally at the touch of a button. So no more worrying about hidden contaminants that may lurk in your water, because with AquaTrue, you can sip and savor each glorious glass of water, knowing that your health is no longer at risk. So you stay hydrated, stay healthy, and say goodbye to those mediocre filtration systems. So health-focused individuals, don't settle for less when you can have the best. Experience the AquaTrue difference today and gift yourself the purest, cleanest water imaginable. Go to slash at That stands for Aqua True, and get $100 off any Aqua True filter. Again, that's slash at and get $100 off any Aqua True filter. Do not miss out on this opportunity to revolutionize your hydration game. Your body will thank you. Point number two. Today's topic, once again, is how to have more impact with less effort. Number two kill off your bad habits. I just talked about this. Now, this is hard. I could do a whole 10-part series on killing off bad habits, and maybe I will. Killing off your bad habits is a game changer if you can do it, if you can pull it off. Every one of us, without exception, has bad habits. We all have bad habits. How do I know we all have bad habits? Because the 80-20 principle. 20% of the things that we do, are producing 80% of our results. And 80% of the things that we do, that means four out of every five things you do every single day are not really producing outcomes for you. And being that you hear me talk about this so much, you are familiar with at least one of those things that you're doing all the time that ain't really producing anything for you, but you keep doing the shit. That's a bad habit right there. All of us have it. All of us have an 80-20 in our lives. And even once you start focusing on the 20, within that 20, there's an 80-20. So this, this is a continuous process, continuous never-ending improvement. All right. And let's say, I believe it's a Japanese concept that was brought over to the United States back in the 80s. Continuous, never ending improvement, that is. But killing off your bad habits. We all have bad habits. And many of us, here's the interesting part. Many of us are very familiar with a good percentage of our own bad habits, and we know exactly what they are. Some of you are laughing to yourself right now because some of you are right now at this exact moment while you're listening to me, indulging one of your own bad habits. You're doing it right now while you know it's a bad habit, but you keep doing it. The tricky thing about bad habits is that they are often unconscious. Not all of them, but they are often unconscious, meaning we will just move ourselves towards executing on a bad habit without even thinking about the fact that we're doing it. And they often happen, we will execute on them without consciously thinking about or telling ourselves to do them. We just do it because it's so natural. If it's natural for you, I remember when I played ball in Mexico, and this happened in a few countries, as a matter of fact, but Mexico specifically, I remember this. After every game, in Mexico, the Mexican players, they would all sit around and drink beer. And they drank this beer called Modelo. I think they had Modelo in the United States, but Modelo was very popular in Mexico, at least at this time. And after every game, all the Mexican players, like everybody, every single player who was Mexican on the team would sit around and drink beers after every game. This was like tradition for these guys. I never drank any beer after a game. I never drank any alcohol when I was playing overseas as a matter of fact, because i did I was not comfortable being inebriated in a foreign country in most of the places I didn't speak the language fluently. I didn't want to be inebriated, so I never drank or smoked or took any drugs when I was playing overseas. I didn't smoke or take drugs in America, but I did drink in America, but that's a different story for a different day. You well know, going back, not the whole point here, but this point of this story is that it was an unconscious habit that I think many of these guys said it was just normal tradition for them and a lot of times we call We give our unconscious habits different words to make them sound healthier than they are, like calling something a tradition. It's a tradition that I'm going to drink a beer after the game. Well, that beer is hurting your career. So again, you call it a tradition if you want, but it's a bad habit. Is what it actually is. And if you were to label it that, then it might help you stop doing it. But do you agree? Words matter, folks. The labels that we put on things matter. It's the reason why I start calling this show the work on your game masterclass rather than the work on your game podcast, because a podcast is just some cheap shit that you record and slap together and throw up on a feed and say, hey, everybody got a podcast. This is not a podcast. This is a masterclass. This exists on a higher plane than uh, some bullshit that some people out here are recording and throwing up on a feed. And that the words matter. The labels that we give ourselves matter. The titles that we give our activities matter, because if you call something a tradition, then it feels like, well, I'm supposed to do it. We all do it. That's just a normal thing to do, even if it's unhealthy. Let's just do it because it's a tradition. If you change the phrase from tradition to a habit, now you're like, oh, damn, this is a habit. Hmm, maybe I should stop drinking beer. Maybe I should stop smoking. All right, maybe I should stop doing drugs. Maybe that'll help. If I stop calling it a tradition and call it what it actually is, hmm, that might make you think about it a little bit differently. Everybody understand this? This is why words matter. This is why the dictionary matters. This is why verbiage matters. This is why when you hear people giving new definitions of words just to fit. Whatever story they want to tell is bullshit, and this is why I call it out. Verbiage matters. So, this is why you need to start labeling your bad habits exactly what the hell they are bad habits. Because the first step in fixing a bad habit is you got to get conscious about it. You got to become aware that it exists. Because, again, habits are unconscious by definition. So, you have to get conscious about it. So now you can see your habit. And now, because you can see it, now you have the power to do something about it. So, you can't do something about something that you're not aware of. If you don't know something's happening, you can't do anything. But if you know something's happening now, that's a different story. There was a, I heard a Dan Kennedy talk about this. He had a client who was his expertise because he used to work in like retail delivery. So, you know, like the guys who bring the bread to the grocery store or the the people who deliver the the cigarettes to the, the gas station mini-marts or things like that, those kind of people, the delivery guys. And he used to be one and he knew that him and all the other delivery guys would routinely steal things from the delivery shipments. It was just a normal thing. So he went into business teaching business owners how to protect themselves from theft from employees and from the delivery guys, because many people who work in retail, any of you who does, many people think that most of the theft that takes place is from customers. You think customers are stealing from you. But the majority of theft that happens in retail business is not the customer stealing from you. It's your own staff and your delivery people stealing from you. In other words, your workers are doing most of the stealing, internal stealing. And I have worked in retail, folks, and I will co-sign that point. Don't ask me why. But yes, most of the theft that goes on in business, retail business, is the staff stealing. It's internal. So the whole thing of this guy, what he would do in his business is that he came up with like, he had a list, he had a checklist of like, 87 ways that staff steal from you when you work a retail business. So what he did was basically create a whole system and a program and a course teaching business owners here are the 87 places where you can get stolen from. And here's how to safeguard each one of them. It's a genius idea of a business. The idea here is to help the business owners get conscious about what they were previously unconscious about. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm referring to your habits. So the only way you can eliminate a habit is to become aware of it. You can't eliminate something you don't know exists. When you get conscious about a habit and you realize you're not proud of it, now you can start to exterminate the habit just by the fact that you're thinking about it. At least that's how it works for me. When I realize I have a bad habit and I'm consciously thinking about it, then I tend to stop doing it because I'm thinking about the fact that I've been doing it. Maybe that'll work the same way for you. For others, you may need a bit more effort because the habit may be a little bit stronger for you. Let's say you've been smoking for 20 years. You might not just stop smoking just because you're thinking about it. But At least you're aware you could do something. Now you have the power to take action. Only way you can exterminate anything is to acknowledge it. Acknowledge your bad habits and then go to work on them. You know those days in your life when you don't really feel like being at work, you don't really feel like doing the job that you're required to do, but you have to do it anyway? Yeah, those days. We call those days the third day. Everyone has them no matter what it is that you do. And you need to, if you're going to be a professional, Have a system for getting through those days because they're going to happen. I wrote a book called The Third Day, the decision that separates the pros from the amateurs that systematically and strategically coaches you on how to get through those days so you can give your best effort when you least feel like it. I will give you a free copy of the book. Again, it's called The Third Day. All you have to do is cover the shipping and go to thirddaybook.com. Again, that's thirddaybook.com. Get a free copy of that book how to separate yourself, the pro, from the amateurs by showing up and giving your best effort when you least feel like it. Just go to ThirdDayBook.com. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is how to have more impact with less effort. Number three is leverage. Definition of leverage is to use something to maximum advantage. What is your strongest area of strength right now in your life? What is it? what's the strongest area of strength in your business? What about your health? What about your finances? In your overall life, what's the number one thing that creates the most happiness and joy for you? What's the number one thing that creates the most power in your business? What's the number one thing that keeps you in your, those of you who are healthy, that keeps you healthy? And those of you who want to be healthy, what be the number one thing you need to be doing to be healthy? Is it what you're eating? Is it how you're working out? Is it who you work out with? When it comes to your finances, what's the number one thing driving the money going into your bank account? You should know the answers to these questions. And to create leverage, here's what you got to do. You got to triple and quadruple down on those areas. You want to create leverage in your life. Identify the areas, the area, singular that creates the most impact for you. Then triple and quadruple down on doing more and more and more and more of that thing. That's it. This will require you to divert resources from other areas that are not as strong. Now, see, this is where it gets complicated because now you got to start cutting stuff out. And these things that you're cutting resources out from, these things are things that you may be good at. You may love doing them. You may have become very accustomed to doing these things, but you got to get rid of them in order to create more leverage. See, in college, one of my coaches would often exhort me that my best strength was my quickness and athleticism, as I told you, because in college, that was my thing, that was my skill. Relative to my peers. So he would say, Dre, don't shoot jump shots. If I shot an outside jump shot, he would say, Well, you're settling for a jump shot. You're letting the defense off the hook, is the phrase that coaches would use. Don't let the defense off the hook. Put more pressure on the defense and drive to the basket. Use your quickness, use your athleticism. So he would always tell me, Drive to the basket, drive to the basket, use your quickness, use your athleticism. Don't let the defense off the hook. Don't get them a day off by shooting jump shots. That's an example of leverage. If my strongest point is driving to the basket, then I should drive to the basket every single time because I got to put pressure on the defense. When you want to make more impact in your life, folks, you need to use leverage, not just more effort, because more effort, you could spread your effort out across everything that you're doing. But let remember the 80-20 principle. You want to create leverage, you need to put more effort, yes, but only into specific chosen things, not just anything just to say that you gave more effort. See, just working hard just to work hard is not the point. It's working hard on the right things. That's how leverage is created. And also... Not working anymore on the wrong things is also how leverage is created. And see, that's the challenge. See, the challenge is not working harder on the right things. The challenge is doing less work on the wrong things to free up the resources that will allow you to work harder on the right things. This is the reason why many people don't do it because they don't. The math is not mathing, as we said. So when you want to make more impact in life, you got to use leverage because you are not going to have more hours in a day and you don't have more years to add to your life. So you're not going to have more time for this. What you need to do is create time by eliminating an investment that you're already making. And you could take that investment, and put it into something else, like taking money out of one stock and putting it in another stock. All right, this stock is about to fail. Let me take all my money out of that company and put that same money into this company. And now you got leverage. That's what you need to be doing. See, impact is not based on just working harder, it's based on working more effectively and efficiently by leveraging your strengths. And this is a insight challenge, folks, not an effort challenge, insight challenge. What does insight mean? It means looking at a situation and seeing what maybe you hadn't seen before. This often is a result of you consulting with other people who can see what you don't see. Because if you could see it yourself, then you would already have done it. This is where insight comes in. This is why coaching matters. This is why masterminds matter. This is why these things exist because other people can see stuff that you can't see. They will ask you questions that you never thought of asking, and it will lead to breakthroughs that you never would have achieved through your own efforts. All that said, let's recap today's class, which is how to have more impact with less effort. Impact means coming into forcible contact with another object. Point number one, stop trying to force things that aren't cooperating with you. In other words, stop grinding just to say that you're grinding. You don't need to be doing that. Point number two, kill off your bad habits. You got to identify what the bad habits are. You know what some of them are identify them, get conscious about them now you had a power to change them. number three, leverage meaning to use something to maximum advantage. you want to use you got to first of all ask yourself what is your strongest point in certain areas of your life when you know what the strongest point is, that's where your focus needs to go. And in order for you to give more focus and more resources to those strongest points, you have to divert resources from the other points. That's the challenge for many people. that's the emotional issue for many people. that's where many people falter and fail. This is why you need a coach. This is why you need help doing these things. This is why you don't need to be doing everything by yourself, because if you could do everything by yourself, everything that I told you here today, you would already be doing it. And since I talk to a lot of people, 99 percent of people are not doing these things simply because you can't do this under your own efforts. This is why the highest level performers have other people around them, and they don't do everything on their own. Text me. So you're in my text community. My number is 305-384-6894. Work on your game, You want to work with me directly. It's the only way to get it done. Go to the university, work on your game, and you can schedule a call with us free of charge We'll talk about where you're at, where you want to go, how we can help you get there. Work on your game. Dre all day. And while you are here, don't forget to text me so you can be part of my texting community where you can ask me questions. You can share challenges with me. You are messaging me directly. You can get a direct response from me because I do read and reply to my messages. My number again, 305-384-6894. One more time, 305-384-6894. Make sure you text me because you never know when I'm going to send a message that could be the one thing you need to hear, the one thing you need to do, the one insight you need to get that could change your life. Make sure you message me 305-384-6894. People often ask me, Dre, is there any way that I could work with you directly? Is there any way that I could talk to you on a regular basis? Just ask you questions, share with you what I'm doing and just get your feedback and your insight on where I'm going personally and professionally. The answer is yes. And the further answer is there's only one place to do that. That is work on your game university. That's the only place I do any coaching. It's the only place I work with anyone directly. All you have to do to get involved in the university is go to work on your game, There you'll see all your options, whether you want to schedule a call with us, join one of our group programs and we go from there. I'll see you inside again. That's work on your game, university.com. If you're a long time listener, you might know that I've been drinking AG one since early 2023 best thing about my introduction to ag one was that i was able to eliminate all these extra supplements and pills that i was taking every single day because ag one is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization stress management and immune support ag one since 2010 has led the future of foundational nutrition continuously refining their formula to create a smarter better way to elevate your baseline health not only did I replace all those extra multivitamins and pills with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes a bunch of other good things that you need. All you had to do is read the label it's right there on their website, which I'll give you in a second. That includes everything you need and more every single day. And since AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support that my body needs daily, and that's why I've been a partner for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, understand it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash work on your game. That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. Check it out and thank yourself later.